In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. We've got him back. He was fantastic last time. He did the Ravens breakdown before. It's Gordon from PFF. Gordon, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks for having me back on. No, it's, uh, it's always good. Anyone from PFF. Um, and it, it's, it's one of the most unusual bookings I have to make because usually I think the time we're going to do the show and then I have to Google Eastern Time and make sure I've got the right numbers. <laughs> and, uh, it feels nice just to not have to change the time zone when booking a podcast guest. Yeah, it's handy. It's the same for me, actually. It's very rare that any time I've got to do like a podcast or a radio spot that it winds up being, you know, some kind of reasonable lunchtime hour for me. Normally it's 10 p.m. at night or, you know, something crazy. Like I've done I've done some at like 2 a.m. just because it was like in Alabama and things like that. So this is definitely a lot more convenient. Oh, great stuff. So um, we're going to discuss the Ravens draft today. And uh, it, I think it's fair to say these are the two best teams in the division now. Um, so we've got to take a lot more interest in what the Ravens are doing um, because the Steelers, yeah, they're going to compete, but they've got some issues. Um, everyone's at war. So um, no. So, how did free agency go for you guys? Do you know, I, I think I was really surprised that they made the splash they did um, with Errol Thomas. I think I kind of expected that they were going to not necessarily write this season off, but have this season as a year to consolidate and to, to get more draft picks. So especially when you saw teams come in and spend big on CJ Mosley and um, Zadarius Smith on the edge, that then was setting them up to get two third round draft picks. But I think the fact that they had two coming in, that then allowed them to make that splash and go and get Errol Thomas. And I think if you look at the two uh, most important off-season moves in the entire NFL, I think 1A and 1B are probably the Browns going and getting Odell Beckham Jr. and then the Ravens going and getting Errol Thomas because the Browns have now added one of the very best receivers in the NFL to go along with a quarterback who looks like he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And the Ravens don't have an offense that's going to be able to counter that. So, you know, I think them to go out and try and to try and match the Browns' firepower that they have on offense on their offense would be a mistake. So I think the best way to to try and counteract that is to go and get um, a free safety like Errol Thomas. And I think it's just going to free up things defensively and scheme-wise to, to allow them to do a lot of things. So, um, yeah, I think it was really interesting to see them go for uh, a splash as big as that. No, I'm not looking forward to old Thomas. It's been Eric Weddle for years picking all my passes off in Madden. And now <laughs> old Thomas gets to do it. <laughs> so um, that's free agency. And I, I was gutted when the move was made. I wanted old Thomas to be a Brown. Um, it had been a bit greedy, but uh, I didn't want to see him in the division and certainly not with the Ravens. So now looking ahead to your first round pick, what is sort of your guesses, expectations, what, what are them sort of three, four areas where they might go with it? I think the first thing is I'll be stunned if they pick at pick 22. Um, I think, especially in this draft class where 
there's a small number of real blue chip players. And then I think you've got a fairly significant group of guys um, that go deep into the second round. So I think from you know, maybe 10, 12 in the first round all the way through to the middle of the second round, you've got a lot of guys who I think teams are going to rank fairly closely together. So um, picking at 22, I think ideally they're going to want to move down. Um, they're going to want to pick up a pick up second round draft picks because they've got um, the two picks in the third round with the compensatory pick this year. They've got multiple picks in the fourth as well, I think. So they have... I think they just want to, they're going to want to move down either later in the first and pick up a second or pick up another third that can allow them to package up. But in terms of positions, um, I think everyone has this perception for good reason uh, that wide receiver is going to be their biggest need. But I think what people need to remember is that while the Ravens don't have much of anything at wide receiver right now, they're also not an offense that are going to be throwing the ball and are going to have a lot of use for um, a first-round draft pick at wide receiver. I think when you look at what they are set up to do um, this year, it, it is more likely that they're going to be best served on offense with offensive linemen. Um, I think the interior of that offensive line outside of Marshall Yanda last year was fairly poor. Um, and Yanda himself maybe only has another season left in them. There's been talk that he could retire even as you know as early as now. They're still not 100% certain there. So beefing up on the interior of the offensive line, if they do stay at 22, um, I, I think is the way they're more likely to go on offense. I think unless someone falls, I don't see a wide receiver um, with, their, with their first pick. Uh, and I think on the offensive line, I think the ideal scenario for them is uh, a player like Dalton Reznor falling. Um, if he falls... And I think he's the type of player that could fall because people worry about his arm length in terms of whether or not he can play offensive tackle in the NFL. So if he falls, um, he's a player who could come in. He can play tackle. He can play guard. You know, they've got Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown there, so they don't need someone at tackle right now. Um, but Stanley's a free agent uh, coming up fairly soon. Orlando Brown was a third-round draft pick last year and was solid, but you know you don't know how he's going to develop. So someone like Dalton Reznor would make a ton of sense um, with their first pick if he falls to them. Uh, if, if, if I was the Browns GM and I was still there at 17, Dalton Reznor was right up there with the uh, players I was eyeing. Uh, you can never have too many good offensive linemen. Um, surprised not to hear you say tight end if Hawkinson drops. <laughs> Do you know, the, the funny thing is, I mean, the, the joke all off-season has been the Ravens are going to add a tight end, but I think they probably will draft a tight end at some point in this draft. Not in the first round, but they are going to use two tight ends on the field probably more often than anyone else does. They're probably going to use three tight ends more often. So right now, having Hayden Hurst, uh, Mark Andrews, and Nick Boyle, they're probably going to look to add you know, a, a later round tight end um, to add some more depth there uh, just because they're going to be a team who one injury um, and all of a sudden they're going to have to dress another tight end Sunday. Um, just not, not in the first round. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen Ravens fans on Twitter talking about how if, um, if Noah Fant falls to 22, they should take him because, you know, he fills the need as like a slot receiver and, I just don't buy that because Willie Sneed's best in the slot anyway, so it's not like you know you're going to get a ton of work for him there. So I think they will 
I think people are going to laugh when they draft a tight end, but I think it probably makes sense given the offense they're going to run. Um, I just, I would be very shocked if it winds up being the first round. I'm always up for adding tight ends. I just thought, uh, <laughs> I'd bring up, so. in, in terms of the defense, is there any positions in the defense you could see as a uh, first round pick? Yeah, I think the edge of the defense is something that they, they definitely are going to need to address. Um, as much as people want to be optimistic, the guys they have on the edge of their defense right now um, are Tim Williams, a guy who has been a part-time contributor, not just in the NFL, but in college as well. And he was very good in that role in college, but there's nothing we've seen from Tim Williams that suggests this is a guy who can play for seven, 800 snaps a season. Uh, Matthew Judon's a guy who has flashed a little bit. Um, and I think probably the most likely scenario for Judon is he, flashes a little bit again next season and winds up getting paid by someone the following year, um, similar to the way Zadarius Smith did. So uh, I think edge is something they can definitely target early on. Um, Again, if it's something whereby they move down, a guy I know that we at PFF are higher on than a lot of other people is uh, Chase Winovich from uh, Michigan. Um, Everyone talks about Roshan Gary as as the edge rusher from Michigan that you want. We're way higher on on Winovich. Um, His on-field production and his pass rushing grade over the past uh, two or three seasons is really up there with uh, the Bosa brothers, um, up there with Miles Garrett. So he's a guy who, while he didn't wow anyone necessarily um, athletically, uh, his production on the field is something that we think um, is going to give him a chance to be really, really good in the pros. Um, So he's another guy, I think, maybe at 22, but I think if they look to move down from 22, either later in the first or into the second round, he's a player who could still be available um, and could make a huge impact. The other position on, on defense is, is linebacker. You know, they lost um, CJ Mosley. So it leaves them fairly, um, fairly short in the middle of the defense there. They like the guys they have, I think, but there's a lot of inexperience there. Um, So again, I think it depends how the first round, falls um you know Devin White's not going to be there at 22 uh I think it's a question if Devin Bush falls if Devin Bush falls to 22 that's maybe a position they could target early on but I think when you look at their needs um it it makes more sense and the board will likely fall the way that edge on defense or the offensive line um on offense are going to be the, the kind of needs that they're going to be in a position to target early and, and get the most um, production on. And then I think when you look at their third round draft picks, I think that's when wide receiver starts to come into it a little bit more. It's good. It's going to be interesting. I always like PFF grades because they just cut through a lot of the noise. Um, all of our listeners will know that. Um, the one thing, even though they never officially made an offer for Bell, there was sort of some interest, and then Josh Jacobs has come in for a workout. Do you think that's somewhere they're going to go? Because Gus Edwards did a good enough job, and for me, you can get a running back anywhere. Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, you share the the opinion we have about the value of running backs. So I, I would hate to see um, a running back go um, in the first round, especially especially to Baltimore. It would feel a lot like Seattle last year, um, and I think. Penny was a perfectly fine running back for the Seahawks to draft, but they drafted him in the first round and he wound up being like their third running back. Um, you know, Chris Carson wound up having a great season. The Ravens have gone out there. Um, Gus Edwards is already on the roster. 
averaged over five yards a carry last year. They've gone and added Mark Ingram. They're probably paying a little bit more than you want to pay a running back for Mark Ingram, but when you look at the the, the flip side of that, and there was you know, rumors that they were interested in Le'Veon Bell, I think I would take what they're paying Ingram over what the Jets are paying Bell um, every single day. And I think what Ingram can do after contact is going to fit really well with an offensive scheme that should allow him to see um, a lot, not necessarily fewer men in the box, but I think the way Lamar Jackson is as an athlete, teams are going to have to be way more cautious with um, making sure they're protecting the edge. So that should allow players like Mark Ingram a little bit more free room to run straight up the middle, which is something that I think they, they could have a lot of success with. So I think they probably will look to add a running back. Again, it's similar to, to the tight end position. They're going to run the ball so much that you know they're going to need to have running backs there. They're probably going to want to be um, three, four deep at the position when they get into the season. Just it really doesn't feel like there's a lot of value there. And when you talk about a team who have much bigger needs on the offensive line, um, on the edge of the defense, things like that. I, I would be surprised to see them to see them stick at twenty two and pick a running back. Yeah, um, you, you've got to respect Lamar Jackson's legs, and any time he runs a fake, any play action, you've got to expect he's going to run the ball. So it should allow for Mark Ingram to have a little bit more fun. But yeah, if you want to improve the run game, there's guards, there's centers, and there's tackles. They're the three things that matter most. Um, the one change this year is obviously Ozzie Newsom gone, Eric DaCosta is in. How do you think that sort of affect the Ravens? Will we get a different style of strategy? Maybe a few less Alabama players? I'm not too sure, actually. I think the, the Alabama thing's very possibly true, um, especially the last few seasons. Ozzie Newsom seemed to really lean on, on Alabama. I mean, if there's a college you're going to lean on to draft players out of, um, Alabama is probably one of the better ones to do it. But I, I don't imagine there's going to be a, a fairly noticeable shift. I think there'll probably be some, the biggest changes will probably be behind the scenes and the things that we can't actually see because uh, DeCosta's obviously been there as Newsom's right hand man for years. There's been talk that he's been offered numerous GM jobs um, and he just stayed because he knew he was the Ravens GM and waiting when, when Ozzie Newsom decided to retire. So, um, I think they, you know, there's been reports that they disagreed on players over the years, but nothing philosophy-wise. I think they were pretty much cut from the same cloth. So um, that's why I think a, a trade down really wouldn't shock me at all. This this feels like a year that Ozzie Newsom would definitely um, trade down, maybe even trade down multiple times and wind up out of the first round. So um, I think philosophy-wise, it'll probably be pretty similar. Nice, that's good. A anything else you want to add, Ravens-wise? I mean, I think wide receiver is something they do have to add. Um, I just think there's going to be more value in uh, the second and the third round. I think um, the guy who everyone has as the as the top receiver on the board um, and probably a top 10 pick is DK Metcalf. And one, I don't think he falls to 22, but even if he does, he feels like the typical receiver of the Ravens draft who has some issues with drops at times, can be a little bit inconsistent. It, it to me would make a ton more sense to um, wind up with a guy like AJ Brown, Metcalf's teammate, who can do a lot of damage out of the slot, um, has a really safe pair of hands. Even as you get into the second and third round, I think Debo Samuel's a guy from uh, South Carolina who's not really getting a ton of love right now, and I think he could be available in that in that second round. I think this is going to be a year where we see quite a lot of wide receivers go in the second round. There's not 
there's not a lot of guys who feel like those complete game-breaking number one wide receivers that everyone has to go and get in the first round. Um, but there are a bunch of guys who are really productive in certain specific roles. You can go out and you can get a guy who, um, like a Paris Campbell from Ohio State, who can be a gadget guy who can catch little pop passes and take them um, downfield. There's a guy, Hakeem Butler from Iowa State, who's a um, downfield threat, who you know is a big-bodied guy who can really box people out. I think there's just there's a lot of players there who make a ton of sense, just not as first round picks. So I think that's probably something I'm most looking forward to seeing how it breaks down. No, that, that's fantastic. So thank you so much for coming on. It gives a really good feel of what's going to happen. Obviously, round one in the NFL draft for Browns fans is an opportunity to go watch Avengers Endgame instead of watching the draft. Um, which hey, I'm, I'm going to be making the most of. I'll probably watch the draft and then uh, the next day go watch Avengers. But uh, it's going to be weird not having a uh, first round pick or three first round picks to be intrigued in um plug yourself plug pff they do incredible work yeah you can find me um on twitter at pff under slash gordon um profootballfocus.com right now especially we're we're ramping up um our uh, draft coverage with you know the last couple of weeks um there's a whole bunch of profiles going up a whole bunch of things on uh, various players uh, I think our draft guide gets updated I think by the time this goes out it should actually have been updated um, with a bunch of FCS prospects so uh, it's definitely worth checking out um, to, to kind of get our, our take on a lot of the players in the draft uh, That's fantastic thank you so much for coming on have a fantastic rest of the week and uh, let's go Browns Yeah likewise thanks for having me on Thank you we're probably going to have several uh Primetime games, unfortunately. So the old uh, 1.30 starts when the Browns plays the Ravens this year. Uh, I won't be looking forward to it, but hey, that's the, the joys of being two good teams in the division. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the primetime games. I think I would be surprised if there's not a primetime game between the Ravens and Browns in 2019. Yeah, who else does anyone want to watch in the division? <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good day, guys. Bye-bye.